Welcome back, Danny. I'm so glad you got say that you came home safe, that you didn't get eaten by an anaconda. I know. I didn't see any anacondas, which I was kind of disappointed. Whatever. You were like, if I see an anaconda, I'm going to die. No, I, uh, I faced my fear. I held a boa constrictor. That was pretty gnarly on your Instagram. Is that on your Instagram? It is on okay. my Instagram. Uh, follow me at Danny Fantastic. Yeah. At Instagram. At Instagram.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really am glad that you made it safe because the Amazon jungles are nothing you want to mess with. No. Um, and your all the shots and vaccinations you got uh, seem to pay uh, off. Uh, I noticed that you're a little cuckoo on this side of your body, but I'm sure that'll come mm, yeah. back. Unilateral hemi-neglect. That's what that's You're, called. You have a unilateral hemi-neglect mm-hmm. that seems to have neglected to know where your other half was. Yeah. What? Uh, actually, this is something I learned about in college. Um, unilateral hemi-neglect. I actually wrote a song about this. Let's hear it. There like is a part of the brain that they found if you, in like all these brain studies, if they had like trauma to that part, specific part of the brain... Mm. Um, and it was unilateral hemineglect. I think it was the left side. Basically, all of your left side of your body would become paralyzed. And you would only wow. see the right side of things. I may Always be getting look this on slightly the right wrong. Side of life. <laughs> wow, really? So you so what do you mean you only see on the right If I held this cup up uh-huh. for you, you would only see the right side of the cup. And then what would happen on the other side you wouldn't see it your body your brain wasn't able to process the left side of things okay which is a crazy that is crazy so that is called the unilateral hemi neglect so what they did with these patients is they would when they were eating um a plate they would eat the entire right side of whatever they were eating and the the nurses or the whatever doctors would have to rotate the plate, really? and then they would eat the other half. Huh. Here's the crazy part, though. Crazy. If that wasn't crazy enough, if you took cold water and poured it, I think it was into their right ear, Ugh. they would be completely okay for a short amount of time. They would see the left hand side of things. They would not be paralyzed on their left hand side of their body. What? They would they'd be completely okay for a brief amount of time when they had cold water in their ear. And then eventually, once it warmed up, then they'd be back to... Huh. Eh, so weird. So weird. So if there was a way to inject <gasps> so water into the body throughout the day to keep that fluid within the other side so they can see whole... Yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever solved that thing. Hmm, well, that's really cool. It's... It's such a bizarre, like those, all those brain things really interest me. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was in Peru, guys. <laughs> anyway, yes, I can't tell, tell us. Yeah, it was amazing. I would suggest to anybody to go to Peru because there's so much to do. Can I ask see. fun questions to kind of get a glimpse in your, into your trip? Bring it on. Okay. Um, when did you fear the most for your life? I felt like before I went on the trip, 
I was a lot more worried. And I think this is the case with pretty much every trip that I've ever been on. I get like a little bit of, I get a little anxiety before I go on a trip. Because I'm thinking, oh man, you know, it's a scary new place that I'm going. I don't know what it's going to be like. And then when I get there, I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. What was I thinking? But um, the main concern that I had going into this trip beyond the anacondas and piranhas and the penis fish was... uh, (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, check out the past episode and you'll learn more about the weenus fish. (laughs) Weenus fish would be this fish. Oh. This is the weenus. The ding dong fish. Olive. No. The weenus fish would be a fish that is attracted to the weenus, which is your elbow (laughs) right here, the skin. (laughs) Oh, really? That's the weenus? Yeah, that's called the weenus. Huh. Quit playing with your weenus over there, Brandy. Oh, okay. So, beyond the anacondas, the piranhas, the the kadura or whatever it's called, uh, I was just nervous about bringing all my camera gear. Mm. I brought my camera, my drone, some audio equipment, and my guitar. And I was just fearful that, you know, it would get stolen or i drop it in the amazon river mm-hmm. but everything worked out i was i was afraid of the humidity because it's so humid there mm. so really the most fear was just losing your camera and your expensive gear yeah okay um what or was... like stepping on a poison dart frog <laughs> oh yeah or that um what was... oh the mosquitoes were were by far like the worst thing uh, I was like, did you I come didn't back take with any skeeter bites. Oh, I had so many. I had so many on my back. Uh. The biggest mistake that I made was, oh, okay, I'm gonna put DEET and stuff, which I thought was bad for you, but they're still selling it. I put DEET all over my arms and face and weenus, <laughs> But we went on like this outdoor little nature hike, and I didn't put any on my back. I had so many bites; Ugh, they went right through my T-shirt. Oh. I looked like a polka dot, like, t-shirt. I had so many bites. Ow. And I had my yellow fever shot, but I was like, ah, I'm not going to take malaria pills because my mom said that it wasn't going to be that bad. My mom. <laughs> my mom said it was going to be okay. But she was like, oh, God, you're going to get malaria with all those bites. She said that? You're like, mom. Yeah. So. But you didn't yet. So far. Yeah, I think it takes like a week or two to kick in. Okay. So we'll find out shortly. Okay. Anyway, so the mosquitoes were pretty bad in the Amazon. So oh. just to recap, went to the Amazon first. I volunteered on this project. You're going to see lots of footage of that awesome. in the future. I cannot wait to see I filmed that. the whole thing. We built a kitchen, a school kitchen, a water tower. A lot of this stuff was built by actual construction people we took the money that we donated this organization that we work with called build called conapac they're uh all about awesome. conservation and helping communities in the amazon mm. they're amazing you should check them out you should also look at donating and if you want to go on these trips they happen every year march or april time-ish and you get to work with the villagers in the Amazon, wow. the most beautiful place, one of the mm. most, the biggest rainforest in the world, uh, and a mile wide river. I mean, come, come on. on. Come on. <laughs> come, wow. And the wildlife is incredible. I got to ba- hold a baby sloth in my arms. 
Was it as cute as it looks on memes? Even better. Yeah. Was it really slow? It's like... <laughs> For all you listeners, I was moving very slow. Okay. I learned something great about sloths. Ooh, I, I learned a lot. I'm just going to bore you guys to death with Peruvian facts. Oh, awesome. It's not going to be a bore at all. Sloths, sloths live up in the trees. Uh, there's a specific kind of tree that they live in, in the Amazon. And they pretty much, they eat like budding leaves from this tree. And then I think once a week, they come down the tree and they either go in the water or they go on land and they've got a little tiny stubble of a tail. <laughs> they use that tail to dig a little hole in the ground and then they poop in it and then they cover it up because they want to make sure that nobody can smell their slothy scent oh, because then they cute. climb back Consider up it. that tree. Consider it. Yeah. 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 Consider it animals. Uh, the and people smart. at co-sharing workspaces should do something like that. Do you find that a lot of the people just poop Right in the center of green spaces? <laughs> I find that sometimes they splatter and they don't clean up. Uh, or actually, at certain uh, co-sharing workspaces, that may or may not happen. You know, you should, um, they should enforce like a, everybody has to clean the bathroom, like on a rotation. That's a... Because they'd have so much more respect for the bathroom. I just think if you're going to leave a mess, clean it up right after you get up. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. But, okay, so I want to know what... I didn't know there were so many splattery people at Green Spaces. Well, uh, I think there's splattery people all over the world. Um, what was the most delicious breakfast that you ate, and where were you? Okay. Breakfast. So, the, a staple in the Amazon, at least at the lodges that we were at, they'd always have, like, fresh fruit. And I actually... When I travel and I, I try to like limit the caloric intake because mm -hmm. I do like to go crazy and eat a lot, mm -hmm. especially during like awesome dinners, um, I'll, I'll do like a little intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. which means that I'll generally skip breakfast. Okay. So I did skip breakfast quite a few days, but they had fresh papaya. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the best part about being there. The fruits there are unreal. The mango, perfect every time. You know how you go to the store yeah. here in the States and it's like... Not always perfect. First of all, it may not be around in the store. And then it's like rock hard if you yeah. get it. But it's just hit or miss here. It's like sometimes you get a good mango, but most of the time it's pretty bad. Yeah. There, it's perfect mango every time. Mm. It's the right amount of like... Sweetness. Sweetness and juiciness. And juiciness. And the texture. It's, it was perfect. The papaya incredible mm. and the bananas exceptional so Were the bananas a different shape or size uh yeah they tended to be a little smaller than okay. the bananas that you typically typically see at the store here okay um plantains amazing they um they had this awesome dish and this wasn't strictly breakfast but um they had hearts of palm mm. and i've had hearts of palm where it's like Almost like an eating an artichoke heart, like cut up, where it's mm -hmm. like, um, I don't know how to even describe it, but it's like fleshy. This, they had like taken the heart of palm and stripped it 
into like these thin, long pieces that mm-hmm. was like a salad when you ate it. Mm, yum. It was so good. It was exceptional. I don't think I've actually had a hearts of palm salad in Chile. And it is very unique yeah. and different because we don't eat hearts of palm here. No. Huh. We're missing out. Yeah, we are. Um, what was the most wildest animal that you saw that you did not expect to see? That was in like the free free range zone. Free range. There's a lot of free range out there in the Amazon. Um, we saw one of the last days that we were there. We saw the elusive Dar uh, Watson. Watson. It's spelled with an H O A something. It. it <laughs> It's the bird that all the birders try and go see when they're in the Amazon. And it makes like when when you're approaching one. So we were on a boat like looking around. We had like driven an hour away from our lodge to to look for this bird. And as soon as you get close to it, all of a sudden you hear this. Like an asthmatic something. Yeah, like an asthmatic sound. And sure enough, we see he's got like a crown, like a spiky crown. Mm-hmm. And he, the bird almost looks like prehistoric. It almost looks like Whoa. a bird from like the age of dinosaurs. And um, it's a little bigger, like almost like a turkey size. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got like some beautiful blue color on its face. But it is like the bird to go try and find huh. when you're out there. Wow, and, and that was neat. Saw the elusive Watson. Watson. Yeah. Watson. Watson. I mean, we saw squirrel monkeys by the dozen. There was like forty of them that would come by the lodge and eat bananas off the trees. They were adorable. Little babies on the back. Um, saw sloths. That was definitely something I've always wanted to do. Was see a sloth slash hold a sloth in my hand. I held yeah. an, a forty-three-year-old. Um, it's my sloth. age. I, I held a brandy-aged sloth, and then I held a three-month-year-old. A three-month-year-old? Baby. Yeah, a baby sloth. And yeah, my little, um, my niece baby Anya is about three months old. So I held a little, I held a little brandy, and then I held a little Anya sloth. Oh, how old do sloths live to be? About 45. Oh. Yeah. And then they, like, jump off a tree. They really? Like, yeah, the, they'll... They, they get to an age about 45 okay. when their muscles just start failing. And so they'll like hmm. get to a tree and just fall off to their death. Another interesting, we didn't see this, but uh-huh. it's the other bird that you go see when you're in the Andes, which when I was down in Machu Picchu, it's um, the condor. Mm-hmm. So like that is the bird to see. And it's a type of vulture with a nine foot wingspan. Nine feet? And here is a fun fact about the condor. The male and female will pair up one time and they'll be soulmates. Forever? Forever. So they'll breed and then every time they'll meet back again, find the same partner. If the female dies, the male will live a life of solitude for the rest of his life. Really? Yep. And then when he gets to a certain age... He'll go up to the highest part of the mountain, leap off, and commit suicide. So they really do commit suicide when they get to a certain age. Oh my goodness. The male. The female, on the other hand, 
as soon as if a male dies their she's partner out. she just goes and finds another bird really yeah wow so the male condor is very romantic yeah like shakespearean loyal. yeah loyal and lives a life of solitude until oh i love that and the girl's like well he's gone Oh, oh, Marco! My mom and I last night on Nat, 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 Geo, Nat Geo, the channel, we were uh, watching these like crazy wild male birds doing their mating dance oh, in yeah. the Amazon. And Oh, what kind of bird? Uh, I don't remember, but it had like, it would spin around and then puff up and almost have this tutu and then it would flash these like fluorescent things in its head and then the girl was like okay come on let's go it was wild isn't it that's something i don't think about like and then and then we saw how like the feathers are used in fashion that's something i never think about either it's just Mm -hmm. like the the birds that actually create the feathers in the fashion Mm. yeah but what were you gonna say um isn't oh i was gonna say isn't it funny how like for birds especially the males tend to be the more um pretty colorful yeah um bird and that they're also the loyal <laughs> so ones deep. well in the case of the condor i, I that's can't a really say that beautiful that's... story and then it they just dive story. to their death they dive to their death yeah <laughs> it's a beautiful story and how do they know when just, that's just amazing yeah. i love it so cool. uh, some more factoids for you the incas who built the built machu picchu and I've got so many facts. I'll take you on a little walking oh, tour of cool. Machu Picchu yes. for an episode. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, so the Incas uh, basically had three levels. And the underworld was the serpent, represented by the serpent. The middle world, or Earth, where we live, is mm-hmm. represented by the puma, uh, or jaguar. Mm-hmm. And the heavens, or the sky, was represented by the condor. Really? Yeah. Huh. And so that was like the gods were were represented by the condor. Wow. Humans were this, and then the underworld was the serpent. But they didn't really believe in, like, hell. Uh-huh. I think they believed in, like, heaven and afterlife, but mm-hmm. uh, they didn't believe in hell. Okay. So... Interesting. It is fascinating. Machu wow. Picchu is incredible. Was it crowded with a lot of tourists? It was. Uh-huh. It was extremely crowded. I mean, this is like one of the seven wonders. Yeah. It's like the stereotypical seven wonder of the world. And it truly is. It's it's amazing. The best part, the moment that was like so meaningful to me mm. was we ended up pairing up, like my buddy Nick and I hiked up from Aguas Calientes, which takes about two hours from our hotel. Mm-hmm. And we got there to the entrance where everybody had, like, taken a shuttle up. Uh-huh. We wanted to, like, you know, feel like really we accomplished something. Yeah. We took this trail from the river that the Incas made. And oh, my gosh. It's incredible. So we're talking, like, 10,000 years ago? No, 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 no. Or um, I was actually ago? shocked. Machu Picchu isn't that old. Oh. It was made in about 14... 14- Oh, 50. Okay. They think like 1438 to 1472 was okay. like the construction period. And then it was abandoned about a century later. So 1550. Um, so like Spanish conquistadors came through and basically that's when it was kind of abandoned. Hmm. Um, it was built 
and the, this is what the latest archaeologists think. They thought it was like a temple. They thought it was like a village. They thought it was like strictly for agriculture. They, the latest thought is that it's a university. So, um, they built it to study agriculture. They had the oh. tiered terraces and then also to look at, um, astronomy and they have sundials wow. that they carved out of the mountain stone. They have, um, rooms with windows that when the sun ends up between two mm. peaks and shines light through the window and hits a certain stone, it tells them like winter solstice or summer solstice. They were all about like the season change and when yeah. they could grow crops and when they couldn't. It is a fascinating. Wh- yeah. Machu Picchu, put it on your list. Peru awesome. in general. Uh-huh. Lima is amazing. 27th largest city in the world. 10 million people. Oh, wow. It's bustling. It's beautiful. The did, food is amazing. Did you get to make it to your restaurant that you had really dreamed of ever since? Yeah. Our last um, episode when you talked about going to a certain restaurant. We went to the restaurant on the way to Machu Picchu. You'll see pictures if you follow me on Instagram. You'll see some pics. Um, it, it was amazing. I've been to like other, you know, a handful of other Michelin star restaurants. And this one by far was like the overall most amazing experience because you're in this sacred valley oh my gosh you're the history of it the beauty of the land the andy mountain the andes the mountain range the clouds the mist Mm. the historical uh, agricultural fields the new agricultural fields run by legit like peruvian people that are like wearing the old garb and stuff yeah working the land to then take that heritage and food and culture in in light of new gastronomy and like what they're doing with like food and and technology they freaking blew my mind so they take you through their like research lab um about like studying the different foods that exist in the land how people have eaten them in the past and the cultural side of it and then bringing that into this beautiful dining room that's like so low key. It's a lunch. They don't do dinner service. They just have you there for lunch. And I mean, they like, they make their own chocolate from the cacao there. They make liquor and infuse it with every ingredient they have and then make like these amazing cocktails. Mm. (laughs) We did like an eight, eight course meal. Everything was just, it was beautifully done, but... It, it kind of like gave you like a sense of the culture of the land mm-hmm. and the heritage. And um, yeah, it's amazing. I highly recommend going there. It's um, called Mil Centro. So Virgilio Martinez opened up Central in Lima. And then mm-hmm. last year he opened up Mil Centro in the Sacred Valley. And it's amazing. There's wow. there's a whole episode on Chef's Table in on Netflix that you can watch about Ooh. his restaurant in Lima. But this new awesome. one is going to be like the new place to go. Wow, that sounds great. How many wonders of the world have you visited? I think just two. No, three. Whoa, what are the wonders of the world you've... Uh, Great Wall of China, Taj Mahal, and... Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's wow. it. Wow. 
I have not seen one wonder of the world. The farthest east I've gone, though, is, uh, I believe, Budapest. Mm. The farthest west is Manila, uh, or just traveling around the Philippines. Farthest south, Chile, uh, Pichelemu, Chile. Oh, right, right. Um, farthest north... I've never been to Canada. I, I oh Canada. I think I guess just Seattle is the farthest. We north. were talking about that last time. I think we were talking about Banff. Oh yeah. And I asked somebody on the trip about Banff, and they said it wasn't part of Vancouver. Why were we talking about Banff. I don't, I don't know. know. We were talking about Canada or Canadian tuxedos. That's oh. Denim on denim. Anywho, Canadian tuxedo. What what world wonder have you seen? Have you seen, and should we go visit? Yes. Um, I did uh, go on a fun adventure in my own backyard in Superior, Colorado. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you what you've been up to since I've been gone. Right down the hill. uh, So right out my backyard, I live in a townhome right by Flatirons Mall. And I was actually going to visit Ariana at Nordy's. <laughs> and I walked down the little hall, the little you hill. You can see Nordstrom from, from my window. From her window. On the left awesome. side, beautiful Flatirons Mountains. Right side, Nordstrom. You could zip line to Nordstrom. You could zip line. So if there's a good sale, you're on it. Well, I'm not really because I'm not a mall girl. But anyway, so I'm walking, I'm walking to go um, to the mall to meet Ariana. And I noticed. <laughs> I'm not a mall girl, but I went to the mall. <laughs> uh, I go and I. I discovered that there was actually a mine right in between my place and Nordstrom's. Um, and in the 1930s, um, there was a, an explosion and it caved in and there, uh, like 11 people lost their lives, but one guy is still in there. Um, and it was so interesting, like where we live, there's so much history. So Superior, Louisville, like all about mining. Yeah. Uh, so I actually would, I'd like to learn some fun factoids about where I live. You know what? What? Speaking of mine history in Colorado, Idaho Springs. Oh, have you been spent much time in Idaho Springs? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, you always pass pass through it Mm -hmm. on the way up to the mountain but to the ski Argo and whatnot. Mills. So Argo Mill, that place, uh, I think it was 1940, 1950, there was um, a whole series of mines. And they, they I think total they got like $150 million worth of gold out of Idaho Springs wow. and out of the Argo Mill. The um, In the 50s, they were decommissioning one of the, the mines and they didn't realize that all the other mine tunnels drained water into that one mine. And so they were decommissioning it, which was mean basically meaning they were going to just blow up some dynamite so that it closed it down. Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize that there was this whole like aquifer System. draining into this mine. So they set the fuses, which last like a minute or something, and they're running out of the mine. I think there was like four guys or something. It blew. And because all the water was draining into it, it shot at fire hose strength, a stream the size of the mine shaft out of the mountain for like four hours straight. And it just decimated all the houses in the area that was like below this thing. Killed all those guys um, and probably more, more people. Uh, and that's when they like closed down that mine. Wow, fun factoid. Yeah. And if you ever get a chance to go to Leadville, we had talked 
very briefly about you and Leadville, but the Leadville in, Museum in the future, of Mining we talk about that. is amazing. It's amazing. The Leadville Museum of Mining. Leadville so Museum check it out. of Mining. Yep. Yeah, check it out. You know, my we, dad built the tunnels in Leadville. Oh. NBD. Hashtag NBD. No way. And a couple of the tunnels on the way from Glenwood to Aspen. Yeah. What? The, is there a name that you call that your buddies that his buddies called him? Uh, Shig. Shig, the old tunnel builder. Oh, He's all shigging through that mountain. But he was just like an early 30-year-old when he was doing that. Crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Did I'm, he work on the Eisenhower Tunnel? He did not work on the Johnson Eisenhower. Tunnel? No, but he worked on a lot of the high, the high rises and skyscrapers of downtown Denver in the late 70s, early hmm. 80s. Nice. Yeah. Nice. He's kind of a badass. You know. Maynard. Shigley. <laughs> Shigley. Shigley. Uh, I think as Americans, uh, we tend to be down on ourselves a little bit about the history because you go to Europe oh. and it's like, oh yeah, two, three thousand years of history. You go to China, oh yeah, like five thousand years of history. Any, you know, Colorado, all these other places. Two hundred years. Yeah, if that. Yeah. Um, but I will say we've got the dinosaurs all over these parts. Yeah. If you look at Colorado, it's half flat and then half mountains. Mm. It's flat there because there was a freaking ocean and then all along the mountainside, it was, it's called Dinosaur Ridge. Yeah. Because Amazing. dinosaurs Which is used like to go... 20 minutes from here. Yeah. It, and Red Rocks, like right there. Yeah. Dinosaurs used to come down there and that was where the ocean was and they'd like hang out around there. You can see dinosaur bones footprints you can find seashells all along there seashells um olive's licking my ankle right now but we have you know 65 million plus of years of history yeah. that you can visit dinosaur national monument i mean come on, come on. so just Amazing. when we're thinking like oh yeah we don't have machu picchu here or anything yeah we have dinosaurs <laughs> we got dinosaurs on that note you know I think uh awesome. I love it. Episode number 6. Wrapping up. It's like um 80 degrees out right now in Denver. It's really beautiful. I wish this thing would go on. You got to walk a little bit. Oh. There you 79 go. degrees. Um and if you've noticed at all in any of the episodes our very first episode, what was it? 8. <laughs> yeah, it was really cold. Yeah, and then I think the next episode was 11 and then 24. We're at 79 now, guys. Hopefully, this summer, we're not going to be at like 115. Time. Like, comment, and subscribe. The Jay and Brandy Show brought to you by the Space Brigade.